Welcome, my name is Carl Shellstrom, and in this episode, we're going to be looking at stock options. And like with all the other episodes in this series of getting executive conversation, it's going to be a very high level overview, followed by some pointers as to things you may want to consider when you're evaluating or designing a stock option plan. A stock option is all about the share price. A stock option is a right, but not an obligation, to purchase a share at a future date at a certain price. We call it a call option. You could have a put option as well, which is a right to sell the share, but we don't use that typically for, for executive compensation. Here we're looking at call options and is the right to purchase some share in the future at a certain price. And we call the price the exercise price or the strike price and the point at which we can start to exercise our right is the vesting point. And after the vesting point, which is at the end of the vesting period, we have the exercise period. So there we can choose to exercise this right and purchase the share. The value that of that exercise price is usually set at the market level on grant. So that is what's called a market level option. We can have discounted options or discounted all the way down to something called the nil cost option. And we can have options with a premium attached. So the exercise price is 10% above the market price when we grant it, for example. It all depends on what we're trying to do with the stock option and what the purpose is and how it suits our organization. But it always comes back to the one thing. It's all about the share price. And this is very interesting because the what the stock option does, it rewards the difference between the share price when you exercise and the exercise price. And if we think that the current share price is the best approximation of what the value of a share is, not just today, but also into the future, we see that it's a bit of a strange incentive, this. Effectively, what we need to do, or the, the stock option tells you, is to get the share price up, and since the market has already valued your share, you need to surprise it positively so that it starts to trade at higher number. And if it does do that, the value of your option goes from nothing to something. And it's a leveraged effect and it escalates up. Uh, and what we call the, the difference between the share price at which you can exercise and the exercise price, so the share price at the end and the share price that you have been given a right to purchase the share at, that's the intrinsic value. It's the, you know, it's the difference between the two. So you exercise uh, your option. You tell the company, I want to buy that share. Say the exercise price is 10 and the value of the share currently is 15. I exercise my option. I buy the share for 10. I sell it. I make a $5 profit. However, 
if if we have some time between now and the vesting or now and the exercise, then things might change. So just on the basis of that things might change, there's a possibility that this option will go from zero to something. And that possibility, effectively, that's the extrinsic value. And the mix between the intrinsic and the extrinsic is the so-called fair value of the stock option. I am oversimplifying here, but just to give you a bit of color. And there were three gentlemen called Fisher Black, Myron Scholes and Robert Merton, who in 1997 got the Nobel Prize for their formula to value stock options. Uh, And that formula is known as the Black-Scholes formula. And basically uh, what it does, it takes just a few variables and from that it provides a jolly good guess at what the balance between the intrinsic and extrinsic values might return as the fair value of the option. But the guessing has become so institutionalized through this formula, and you can use something called the binomial model to to arrive at the same sort of answer, very, very similar answer. It's been so normalized that so it kind of takes on a life of its own and is generally regarded as uh, the the true value of a stock option. And this comes from that the stock options used to be treated as being worth nothing. Uh, So companies would grant them and they wouldn't take a cost. But there was, of course, value being delivered to to, uh, many executives and many employees. So more and more pressure arose. And nowadays we do account for grants of stock options and we do it by applying uh, formulas like the Black-Scholes formula. Just something that is important to be aware of because when we're talking about how much someone gets in stock options, we often refer to either the face value, so the value of the shares over which you've been granted an option, which is, of course, not something you've been awarded at all. You've only been awarded the right to buy that value worth of shares, but wouldn't only exercise it in in case the value has gone up and become a very different value. So therefore, sometimes we also refer to the Black-Scholes value or the fair value, and it's very important to, to keep apart what it is that a company is talking about because the face value will look a lot larger than the Black-Scholes value. But on the other hand, it will tell you perhaps more about the magnitude of shares being used and the possibility that can be earned from this, because the fair value is only the single guess, and we have a whole range of outcomes from nothing, because if a share price is lower then the exercise price, then we say that the option is underwater and there's no value in it, so there's zero, to almost infinite, because the higher the the share price goes, the, the, the more the option just accelerates up in value. That's just a bit about the valuation. It's important to be aware of, uh, and it's very central to, to uh, stock option debate and discussion. But Coming back to, it's all about the share price. It's all about then surprising the market. And how we then design around this is relatively simple because there's a simple message to 
the participants about this uh, getting the share price up. And the first thing we need to look at is the vesting pattern. So does the the option vest immediately? Does it vest in three years' time, five years' time, seven years' time? Or does it vest in slices? So we talk about cliff vesting. If everything vests at the, at a, a single point in time in the future, say in three years' time, and we talk about phased vesting, if it's like a third, a third, a third over three years, or 20% every year for five years and so on. And the vesting patterns depend on the organization's needs, and there are a lot of flavors here that are bound to sectors for different reasons. Uh, And the sectors are important because the popularity of stock options, it actually came mainly about in the United States when Bill Clinton imposed taxes on on, uh, on executive cash earnings. But recently, the the uh, sort of rejuvenation has been from cash-strapped sectors like the technology and biotechnology sectors, where the companies don't have a lot of money to pay their executives and employees. So instead, share the, the share capital uh, from the, the uh, financial capital providers to the intellectual capital providers of the employees. And that has worked very well through stock option plans in particular. And therefore, since there's a different dynamic, the vesting patterns will differ with different types of companies. As I said before, we will also have different exercise price structures. So we may have uh, premium priced uh, options and we may have discounted options. A lot of this will be around tax opportunities. So many countries have significant tax opportunities around stock options, which is uh, a little bit strange because many politicians find uh, stock options quite scary since the outcomes are relatively unpredictable and there can be very large windfall gains. And you'll find, like in Sweden, uh, we have um, one of the most... uh, bizarre tax treatments of stock options anywhere where it's extremely lucrative to to use options uh, in the form of so-called warrants but that's for a different episode and finally we also play with the variables that go into the black scholes formula the main variable that that tends to affect the value is the volatility of the share price that the, the the company has had over the past and therefore is predicted into the future. You can also play with the time period. So the period to vesting and period to exercise will impact the value. And you can also play with then the, the exercise price, which uh, the higher the exercise price, the lower the Black-Scholes value. And this will affect the accounting. And in the case of warrants, the, the purchase price for for the individual if uh, they're purchased stock options or warrants. So the things to consider about stock options is, first of all, whether they are appropriate for the kind of company that you're looking at. If this is a very mature uh, market that, that the company is in, and it's a mature company at that, or if this is a, a company that invests in assets and essentially executives are asset managers, uh, say property infrastructure projects or whatever it may be, where there is a very predictable return and therefore 
very little margin for anyone to surprise the market and create a re-evaluation of the share, then it's unlikely that uh, stock options are are going to be valued by the employees or uh, that they'll be appropriate from a shareholder perspective because essentially the only way you can get the share price up is by doing something uh, potentially inappropriate. So that that is a big warning sign. However, if your company is a growth stock, so it's like in technology or biotech sectors and startup, and it needs to essentially prove itself or it will not survive, find favor with the markets, rewarding that is going to be essential. And therefore, stock options can be an extremely powerful incentive. What you do need to be wary of, though, is this, and this is the second point, is not rewarding failure. There is always a worry with stock options since they reward share price growth, irrespective of how that growth came about, that you may reward management failure. So if the whole industry suddenly becomes favoured by the markets, but you are the worst performing of the lot, then you could be rewarding your management team handsomely for having done a very bad job. Similarly, if you're, you know, they're underperforming to the point of where the company needs to be sold and the sales premium goes above the exercise price, you may be rewarding failure. So it's worth just considering how the incentive is structured and whether there are any aspects of it that are, are of concern. Always in these situations, you do need to be careful those that you don't create an incentive that is either off-putting for, for participants and for shareholders, and that is not adding too much complexity. So it's just, just impossible to see how either value can be realized or how people's efforts will be recognized. The final point, which is a very big one, uh, for stock options, but all share plan incentives really, but stock options more, more than anything because of their nature, is that they create, if you use new issue shares, a dilution of shareholders' capital. And we sometimes refer to this as the overhang. So how much is acceptable to dilute the, the existing shareholders is it uh, for some businesses, as, as, as I've said before, if it's a business that relies on the intellectual capital of, of its employees, well, then you may need to accept a very high rate of dilution. If it is a very well-established company and the, the success and the future of the organization is very much down to either the money of the investors or the name of the main shareholder or whatever it may be, then dilution may not be appropriate above a certain level. And so the, these are aspects that not everybody pays sufficient attention to, but that uh, need to be considered and need to be considered in the context of the type of organization and the indeed where that organization is in its own life cycle. If this has been helpful, I hope you now find that stock options are a little bit less of a mystery also hope that you'll join me in other episodes of Getting Executive Compensation. My name is Carl Shostrom, and thank you for listening.